Welcome to Mind Shift to Health and Wealth podcast, a guide to transforming your life. Here we explore powerful lessons in health and wealth because without health, wealth holds little value. I'll share personal insights and enlightening conversations with experts. Each episode is a step towards your success, offering lessons from my experiences and wisdom from others. Love what you hear? Share it and visit mindshifthw.com for more. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hey everyone, welcome to Mind Shift to Health and Wealth. Today, I got Dr. Jamil Sayej, one of my favorite people to talk about anything, I guess, off business, pretty much. <laughs> anything to do with philosophy or metaphysics, whatever you call it. One of my favorite people to talk to. Now, Dr. Jamil Sayej is a high-level coach. You know, you call it business, sports, whatever. You need a high-level coach. He's one of the you should be one of the people you should talk to to see if it's a good fit for you. And if talking and that on that part, that's one thing, but he also does energy healing on the spiritual side and all that. And he's a physician. So you got everything combined together. Amazing person. And his content is great. If you have a chance, follow him on the social media. He has great, great content tips to share so you can listen to him and learn a lot of stuff by just by following him on the social media. And today we're going to get it, get into with of spirituality and science, which we had a couple of times conversation and I wanted to talk to him about this and get it out there to people and listen to him and we'll have a dialogue. So Dr. Jamil, thank you for joining. Hey, Raju, thank you so much for having me and for the beautiful introduction. I, lo I look forward to living up to it. <laughs> and for all of our listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know right before our call, I told Raju that my intention is to have fun. And I think that whenever Raju and I get together, we have such wonderful conversations. And almost every time at the end, we say, we should have recorded that. <laughs> and so I'm glad that we're finally making it happen. And I am game for anything. Awesome. Yeah. And actually, this came out one of the conversations that we should have recorded it. So here we are, uh, you know, going, I'll just go a little bit of my background for, you know, for the audience, I guess. I was spiritual or religious a little bit when I was a kid. Then I became essentially an atheist and about five, six years ago, got into spirituality and now became deeply spiritual. When I learned about the connection between science and spirituality, God, whatever you want to believe. And Dr. Jamil and I had those conversations before a little bit on, the, on that stuff, which kind of is about his energy healing too, which he kind of brings that science and spirituality together to heal people, which you can, we did another episode. So please go, go watch that episode. If you want to understand his science of healing, go watch his epi that episode. I highly recommend it. So you get a, a you know kind of feeling for it. So let's start with the first question, right? For me, how I got into essentially this whole science and spirituality was quantum theory, observer effect. And then going deep into it, basically, you know, Nassim Harim is another guy who kind of like deeply get, gets into it. Uh, he's creating incredible science because of that conjunction. So let's get into that the quantum theory, right? Where it is about the observer effect, whatever you observe and be, believe it will happen, it will happen. And we are all made of energy. 
And that's how, you know, Dr. Jamil kind of is gotten into the energy healing. So kind of share your, let's start with your thoughts, right? How energy and, and I'm sorry, the spirituality and, you know, science intersect in your thoughts and we can go back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a thought that popped into my mind years ago and it resonated so deeply and it's that magic is science not yet understood. Mm. And I remember when I, when I thought about that, it just really hit me so hard. And it's because I thought, you know, when somebody says magic, you may think of different things. You might think of like a magician, sleight mm. of hand, delusion, stuff like that. But you know that it's just a trick, even if you don't know how it's done. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, it's real, I used to do magic when I was a kid. Like it's beautiful because you can give someone that sense of wonder mm-hmm. and that sense of, oh my gosh, like that shouldn't be possible, but how'd that happen? Mm-hmm. Then you learn how to do it, and it's kind of deflating and disappointing. <laughs> but right. there's other side of magic that most people think of more like fictionally, mm-hmm. and maybe it's like a Harry Potter movie or a Lord of the Rings or some type of thing where it's well, this isn't possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there is a component to like the fantasy side of magic. But I want you to think about the the science, the technology that we have in our world right now. Right now, for you know anyone who's seeing me, I'm not sure if this is audio also, but for mm-hmm. video at least. I'm holding a cell phone up right now mm-hmm. with this little, you know, six inch box or whatever this is. I can call anyone in the world in seconds mm-hmm. and they'll answer. And if you told somebody that a hundred years ago, 300 years ago, a thousand years ago, by the way, you're going to have this little box that you can put in your hand. Mm-hmm. And there's someone on the other side of the planet in a country you've never heard of, and you can have a full conversation with them. And then they'll say, how do you connect to them? Oh, it's in the air. It's mm-hmm. invisible. They would look at you like you've got a million heads. That would be considered magic. Right. Now we go, well, no, it's technology. And even though you can't see, for example, Wi-Fi with your eyes, you know it's there because that's how I don't have a hard line connection right now. So how how are we connected? Uh Like that's how it happens. And so in a similar way, if you say magic is science not yet understood, you look at the current paradigm, whether it's a health paradigm, like from a medical perspective. If a doctor says to a patient, this condition is not curable, mm-hmm. what, what you know, what's really being said, even though it's not always spoken, or maybe not even thir- uh, thought of by the doctor, is mm-hmm. this isn't curable given the paradigm I live in. Mm-hmm. This isn't curable from the vantage point of what I believe is possible, or from the vantage point of what the statistics show, or what we've done so far. Mm-hmm. But there's doctors all around the world that I, I know many of them, and I've done some of this myself, where something gets cured that a doctor told the patient was impossible to cure. Yep. So how to get cured if it's impossible to cure? Because it's not impossible to cure. Mm-hmm. It's just it's impossible to cure from a certain way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But a similar way, we think about energy, we think about spirituality, like you said, I think defining ter- excuse me, defining terms is really important because th- these terms mean different things to everybody. Mm-hmm. When I think of science... Mm-hmm. there was a phrase used during COVID a lot during that like three, four year period, the science is settled. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that that was an expression I never liked because yeah. by definition, science is never settled. Mm-hmm. For example, gravity is still called a theory. Right. Theory of gravity, right? It's not the mm-hmm. fact of gravity. Huh? It's one of those, with science, we aim to d- explain how does the world work? How does this yeah. phenomenon occur? And then from that place, we say, well, this is the best we've got given our current understanding. So we're going to say this is how it works. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But we reserve the right to change our mind right. once we get better information. Mm-hmm. And then when we get better information, the new theory steps forth. For example, you go back several hundred years, the earth is flat, case closed. <laughs> and then Copernicus comes in and goes, no, no, it's heliocentric. And the sun's actually the center. And, you know, people get killed for that. Right. Now it's considered common sense. Right. And so I do believe that the type of work I do, let's say, with energy and with healing there's people that have been doing that for thousands of years, but it's always been considered, depending on the culture, but it's been, right. it's, it's fringe, it's taboo. Right. It's like, depending on like, you know, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And especially in modern day culture, it depends where you look. There are certain scientists that are so interested in this because they go, oh my God, this person got this result mm-hmm. that shouldn't be possible, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I must be missing something. Like mm-hmm. some aspect of my theory of how the world works must be wrong because this thing I thought was impossible just happened. And I'm interested in learning. That to me is a true scientist. A true scientist, think of it like I remember being in elementary school, excuse me, hiccup, and learning, you know, the scientific method. And mm-hmm. you may remember the acronym like SHIGRAC. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was the way we did at least. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, state the problem and then make a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to experiment and you're going to go through all, all these things. And then you make a conclusion, ultimately. As anyone who's going to say, something, you know, A, B, and C is not possible, at least be open to being proven wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I want to pause there first, because otherwise I can keep going for three hours. And so I want to just get any things that are coming up for you. No. So, you know, that's what, you know, you talk about gravity, you know, or even speed of light. Uh, the name I mentioned, Nassim Harim or Harimi, I forget how you say the last name. He's actually, you know, creating formulas, like calculations that prove that you can break gravity, you can break speed of light, everything. Everything is breakable. He's... So if you talk about sciences settled, like our famous COVID guy said, <laughs> then you're missing the total point. Then you can never break through the different, I guess, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, notions we had, especially about spirituality or science, then we could never, you know, like the healing, going back to the healing, right? If we think that that's just a magic, you know, we don't want to get into because it's not science, then obviously you're missing the point. You're not understanding the relationship between science and spirituality, where we're getting closer to closer to them combining. There's so many things we can talk about in that realm, like, you know, for example, Nassim, or there are a lot of, there's one one of the mathematicians actually prove as a formula to prove we're all living in a virtual reality. And mm. there is this whole being experiencing the world through us. Yeah. So, you know, which is the, I don't know, matrix, <laughs> going back to matrix, right? So then, you know, what do you say that science is, right? And then that's no longer science or is that religion or is that spirituality? That's where the confusion then comes. If you think like it's got to be a certain way. So anyway, that's my thoughts. I'll let you pick up from there. So yeah, yeah. So, so going, when we go back to thinking about science and spirituality, so the first thing that comes to mind Mm-hmm. It's part of my energy training. You know, I, I'm, I'm trained in Reiki, which is a Japanese form of energy healing. And I'm also trained in Ho'omano, which is a Hawaiian form of energy healing. Mm-hmm. And my teacher in Hawaii's lineage 
goes back over about 3,000 years. He's mm. 121st generation, unbroken. Mm. So it's like person to person passing it on. There's no like 500 year, 1,000 year gap. Mm. Like we're getting the old stuff, <laughs> which right. is great because it works. Now coming from this space though, one of the Hawaiian chants, mm -hmm. one of the first ones that my teacher talks about, they talk about how the universe was created. Mm. And it's so interesting. This chant is thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. And they basically talk about the Big Bang without mm -hmm. using those words. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you go, that's so interesting that modern, and I know there's certain scientists that question the Big Bang now, but coming mm -hmm. from that space, at least the way we grew up, the mm -hmm. Big Bang was kind of the dominant theory of this is how it happened. Right. But that theory is in the last, you know, a couple hundred years. But mm -hmm. then you look at how is it that these Hawaiians thousands and thousands of years ago, you know, quote unquote, knew about that. Mm. You know, where are they getting that from? The ancient Buddhists would talk about this idea that everything is one. Mm -hmm. It's all like one universal consciousness. Mm -hmm. And you started the conversation talking about like the quantum. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting, I, th I forgot who said it, but there's a quote um, from one of these quantum physicists who says, if you think you understand quantum physics, you don't understand quantum right. physics, because <laughs> it's very complex. But at the same time, from a quantum physics perspective, my understanding is that, so let's say right now, you and I, and this is going to blow people's minds if they haven't done this thought experiment. So mm -hmm. you and I right now are sitting here, we're in a chair, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're in a room somewhere, there's walls around us, I have a desk right here that I'm like, I'm tapping right now, you may hear it. But the thing is that when I touch this desk, when you put your hand on whatever you want to touch this next to you, whoever whoever's listening, mm -hmm. you're not actually touching something that's solid. Mm -hmm. Nothing is actually solid. Right. You're touching something that appears to be solid. But what's actually happening is it's, it's all energy. But before that, whatever you're touching is 99.9% .9 empty space. Because an atom, everything is made of atoms. And an mm -hmm. atom itself is 99.9% .9 empty space. Mm -hmm. So what you're touching is basically, you know, for the sake of the conversation, air. Right. But then you go, why am I not passing right through it? Why do right. I, why can't I walk through a wall? Because the atoms are vibrating so vigorously, mm -hmm. it creates an energetic field. Mm -hmm. And when you hit that field, in a way, you get bounced off of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to joke with people, you've never walked on the ground Essentially, you're always floating. Right. <laughs> because when you think about there's gravity and there's electromagnetism, mm -hmm. gravity holds you down, electromagnetism pushes you back up. Mm -hmm. And so when you're standing on what you think is the ground, the earth, the whatever, mm -hmm. that is basically repelling you back off, back off the ground because electromagnetism right. is stronger than gravity. Uh -huh. And so it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting dynamic because practically you might say, well, what does that matter? But first, mm -hmm. let's start with the theory because then it gets fun from there. Right. So if we were to say that these ancient Buddhists would say it's all one consciousness, where it's all one, and then you go from a science perspective and you say, okay, well, I'm Jamil and you're Raju and Mary's Mary and Joe's Joe, whoever's listening, right? Mm -hmm. And we say, okay, but what am I really? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a little thought experiment for everyone who's listening. I took myself through this back when I was probably 17 years old and mm -hmm. it just blew my mind. I, and you and I have had this conversation privately. Mm -hmm. I said to myself, who am I? You know, I took this world religion class in school that just like blew my mind. I started reading all the different holy texts of the different religions and everything. And I started to wonder, you know, question things. Who am I? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that came up was, well, I'm Jamil. Mm -hmm. And then the thought crossed my mind, well, what's Jamil? And the answer came, well, Jamil's a name. And I said, well, what's a name? A name's a label. Mm -hmm. 
And then when we say, well, what's a label? A label is something that you put on something. You want to understand it. You want to categorize it, whatever it is. You want to classify it, mm-hmm. but it's not the thing, mm-hmm. whatever it, you know, Alan Watts, he was a philosopher from like the forties and fifties. And yep. he said, you can't get wet from the word water. Right. <laughs> it's not what you call a thing that is what it is. Right. And so a name is just a label that you give something. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, I said, okay, when I was born, I didn't have a name. I was given one. Mm-hmm. So I can't be my name. I could change my name. And yet he, mm-hmm. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I remember he, there's an Indian yogi, forgot who it was name wise, but somebody mm-hmm. said, master, um, one of his students, master, what is real? Mm-hmm. And he said, that is real, which never changes. Mm-hmm. And that which changes isn't real. Mm-hmm. But then I said, so, so now let's be with that for a moment. Mm-hmm. You, you also talked about the observer effect and stuff like that. So we can get into that mm-hmm. from that space. Well, my name can change. And so that's not me because I, I can change it and I'm still here. Now, the name also carries with it in a way there's like an association with a personality. All right. So everyone who's listening, whatever your name is, people who've known you for a long enough period of time, mm-hmm. they put you in a box to try to understand you. Mm-hmm. And if you act outside of those expectations, they'll say, whatever your name is, that was so unlike you. Right. Like, why did you do that? Because in their mind, you're not that kind of person. Right. So they put you in this, like, you're a static thing that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. I think it's the personality in psychology. There's, at least my understanding, there's at least three phases of development. Zero mm-hmm. to seven, seven to 14, and 14 to 21. Mm-hmm. Zero to seven is the modeling phase. Think mm-hmm. of it like your, your mind's like the sponge. From a mm-hmm. brainwave perspective, from zero to seven, you're in the more of a theta brainwave state. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about brainwaves, the one most people are in most of the time, like whoever's listening right now, you're probably in a beta state. And when you're in a beta state, you're aware, you're focusing, you're concentrating, you're listening. When you're in an alpha state, it's usually more of like a daydream kind of Mm -hmm. state, very relaxed. When you're in a theta state, that's usually hypnosis, that's deep Mm -hmm. trance, that's meditation, if you go deep enough. And then delta is usually sleep. Theta can be sleep too, and they kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. There's also gamma, but for the sake of this conversation, Mm -hmm. you're in theta when you're a child. Mm -hmm. And that's why your mind focuses more like a sponge. Mm -hmm. And you're absorbing all the information that's coming in. One of the reasons why kids typically learn things quicker because mm-hmm. they're just absorbing things right. mm-hmm. without judging them. Mm-hmm. So when we bring it back to it, there I was thinking, well, I'm not my name and the personality, but the personality develops in that imprinting phase. Mm-hmm. In a way you become that personality more and more. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, well, if I'm not the personality and I'm not the name, mm-hmm. what am I? And then you might say your whatever your job is, your career. You might say, I'm an engineer, I'm a lawyer, I'm a, and for me, I'm a healer, I'm a coach, I'm this, I'm that. But it's like, what if I stop doing that and I change to something else? Would I still be me? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because I'm not what I do. And an exercise in logic for everybody is if you are what you do, then when you don't, you're not. Right. <laughs> but clearly you still are. So you can't be what you what you do. So then you remove your job, you remove your name, you remove your personality. And then you say, well, what am I? And then you might say whatever a belief that you have is. It might be a religious belief, an organization that you belong to. It might be an ethnicity. It might be a country. I'm a blank, whatever that might be for you. Mm -hmm. But again, is that what you are? I remember I had a client one time who said to me from a, you know, he just felt that he felt guilty Mm -hmm. for his skin color. And, and he said he was white. And I said to him, let me ask you a question. Are you white or does your body have white skin? Mm-hmm. 
notice the distinction there that mm -hmm. I'm thinking, that, and you'll, you'll get this in a moment, that he's not his body. Mm -hmm. Also, and are you even white or are you more like a pinkish, you know, peach right. color? <laughs> are you computer paper? Like most people know. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I said, all right, well, I'm not my beliefs because my beliefs change. There's things that I believed when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't believe them now. Mm -hmm. Anyone listening, there's something you could think about that you believed wholeheartedly when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. It could have been a fairy tale, a fantasy. It could have been Santa Claus. It could have been anything. Mm -hmm. But you don't believe it now. Mm -hmm. There's things that you believe now that you won't believe a week, mm -hmm. a month, a year, a decade from now. Right. Your beliefs change. You remain. Mm -hmm. No matter what you believe, whether it was a choice or whether it kind of grew up with it and it was like kind of put into you, it was mm -hmm. put into you, right? Mm -hmm. Downloaded in a way. So then you say, I'm not my beliefs. I'm not my thoughts either. Thoughts mm -hmm. come and go. Anyone who's, you know, maybe you love music. Maybe you love to meditate. You love being in nature. Whatever mm -hmm. it is you do, there's mm -hmm. something that you do that when you do it, your thinking stops. Mm-hmm. You're just so present. You might call it a flow state. It might be sports. It mm -hmm. can be anything that you do. Maybe you write or you read. You're just there. Mm -hmm. Thinking stops. You remain. So now you go, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my beliefs. I'm not my name, not my personality, not my job. What's left? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned like earlier in your journey, kind of being an atheist at times. So mm -hmm. I might say at that point, well, I'm this, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the body. body right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm this. But then I might say to somebody, cool, you know, how old are you? And let's say they say they're in their 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s. And I say, do you have any memories from when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. And they might say, well, yeah. And even if they don't, when's your earliest memory? Maybe a teenager, whatever it might be. They've got something from mm -hmm. five, 10 years before now. Right. And I say to them, well, who was it in that memory? Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, th that was me. And I'll say, Wonderful. At a, at a physical cellular level, there's not one cell in your body that's, that's the same true. as it was when you were a kid. Exactly. You know, the, the most recent science that I'm aware of shows that your body's brand new roughly every year. Even a month or something. It, like that. It, 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 depend, it depends on what we're talking about. Right. The skin is brand new every mm -hmm. month with healthy skin. Someone's got like, you know, psoriasis, it happens faster. But like from a skin, from a, just a normal perspective of like what we consider normal health, mm -hmm. you've got skin is basically every month. You've got liver, let's say every six weeks, your skeletons every year or so, the brain's turning over, everything's turning over right. different time frames. But mm -hmm. my point is that let's say somebody's 50 and mm -hmm. they're hearing a conversation. Let's say when you were five years old, a memory happened and you can mm -hmm. think about that memory right now. And you say, that's me. Mm. I've had 45 bodies since right. then. All right. <laughs> and, not, and only the most recent one is still mm -hmm. here. Right. So when you say in that memory, that's me. Uh -huh. It's interesting because you can see it in your mind's eye. You can remember mm -hmm. like the smell of the gingerbread cookies at grandma's house, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There's not one part of you physically that existed then, now, then that's here now. Mm -hmm. So what are you? Mm -hmm. And at that point, you have a body, but you're what a Buddhist might call awareness, okay. your consciousness. Mm -hmm. An atheist might just say your life. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew might say you're a child of God. They mm -hmm. might say, you know, mm -hmm. you're a soul or a spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in India and in Hinduism, they might say, you know, you're the Atman, mm -hmm. the Godhead, like the, mm -hmm. the soul. Mm -hmm. But it's like from that, so every culture's got a different way of talking about it. But we just mm -hmm. said earlier, you can't get wet from the word water. Right. So with respect, I don't care what you call it. Like, mm -hmm. but we're all that. And so right. from this case, here's the Buddhist saying, we're all consciousness. Then mm -hmm. you go back to the quantum. And you mm -hmm. say, well, well, what am I? And if I do identify as a body, I say, I'm this. But mm -hmm. then you get, let's say, really good microscopes. Mm -hmm. And then you go deeper and deeper. 
and deeper. And eventually you get like an electron microscope. Right. And you're seeing so deep that you realize it's almost nothing there. Nothing there, yeah. This physical vessel that you say is you, mm -hmm. you know, it almost doesn't exist. <laughs> and then and then we come from a space that my understanding from my teacher in Hawaii, he had told me mm -hmm. there's a scientist that basically they've had sophisticated enough machines mm -hmm. that they've been able to go so deep into matter and basically say, so Niels Bohr, he is a Nobel Prize winning physicist. Mm -hmm. And he said the problem with, with uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, the problem with mm -hmm. matter is mm -hmm. that the things that we call real are made of things that can't be called real. There you go. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so you sit there and you think this is very interesting because at the core level, mm -hmm. they've actually found a thin layer of light. Mm -hmm. When you go all the way in deep, 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 there's mm -hmm. a thin layer of light. Your cells are always emitting light, but at the deepest level, there's light. Mm -hmm. the ancient, all around the world, all the ancient cultures would say we're beings of light. Mm -hmm. Now coming from that space, what if they were being literal? Mm -hmm. not metaphorical mm -hmm. and so if we're beings of light if we're all just pure energy because everything is just pure energy mm -hmm. then at that point science and spirituality are really just the same thing mm -hmm. a way of talking about it mm -hmm. science in the western paradigm not always but typically is more reductionistic in nature mm -hmm. and so we're looking at individual parts and we're trying to like take it apart and see how it works and sometimes it's a really valuable way of doing things mm -hmm. But sometimes that, well, not sometimes, that does prevent you from seeing the whole picture. Right. Or Eastern paradigms, again, not always, but in general, mm -hmm. they're more holistic in nature. Mm -hmm. And so they might miss something in the really nitty gritty detail, mm -hmm. but they really have a good idea of seeing the interconnectedness of everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's not one's better than the other. They're both useful at different times. But what if you could be grounded in both? What mm -hmm. if you had like one foot in each side? Mm -hmm. What if you make science and spirituality like at odds with each other mm -hmm. and you saw them as two ways of expressing the same thing. That's Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Your support means the world to me. For more tips and tales, head over to mindshifthw.com. Want to chat? Let's connect on mindshifthw.com. Schedule a session with me if you're seeking guidance or just good old brainstorm. Together, let's make a splash in the world, one mind shift at a time. Catch you next time.